Good morning and welcome to Central Church. We are so glad that you could be with us, so glad that you could join us. The chief end of man, our job, our purpose, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. It's worship and prayer. That's what we're talking about today. Now, you, as you know, the book of Psalms in your Bible is really a song book. It's the Old Testament song book. And they would, would sing many of those psalms in different ways, in different times. And some are corporate and some are private. The 95th Psalm is a good psalm to give you practice on. Tell me if this is corporate or private. It's going to be easy to figure out. Come, let us... Sing to the Lord. Let us shout to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. That's what we've been doing. As we were, as we were just singing it as well with my soul, that's exactly what we've been doing. For the Lord is great, the great king above all kings. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before our Lord and maker. For he is our God and we are his people, the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. It's saying we are gathered here to worship. That's our purpose. It's like the old uh, hymn, all creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and sing. That's what we've been doing this, this last 25, 30 minutes. It's corporate. It's singing together. It's, 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 it's recognizing that deep in our soul, we need this time. We crave this time. We have to have this. Our chief goal to glorify God and enjoy him forever, together. We were made to come together in these holy moments. We were made to, 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 to gather and say, God, we love you. God, we thank you. Those are really the, the key words of worship. Thank you and we love you. We desperately, desperately need worship. Kind of like the prayer that, that little Samuel prayed. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Do you remember that story? Samuel was, was at the temple. God was talking to him. He thought it was Eli. So he ran into old man Eli's room. Hey, you, you calling me? No, kid, get back to bed. Hey, you calling me? No, kid, get back to bed. And finally, you know, high priest Eli. Hello, Eli. First Samuel 3.8 says, And Eli realized it was the Lord. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's probably the Lord that's calling the boy. I wonder how many times we've missed the... Or we, we've, we've mistaken the voice of God for the voice of man. Or, or we've just totally missed the voice of God. The voice of God has come and spoken to us and it's gone one ear in, in one ear and out the other. How many times have we just totally missed it? I don't think Samuel or Eli were the first. God knows your language. He knows how to speak to you. If you're not looking for God, you won't see him. If you're not listening for God, he, you won't hear him. But God knows you. He speaks your, your language. Here's, here's a good little commercial. We're going to start in a couple of weeks in this service having a Spanish translation. So if you have some Spanish-speaking friends, we have a lady who's been attending for a couple of weeks, doesn't speak any English. And so we, we're, we're investing in some translation equipment for her and her friends so that they can hear the service in, in Spanish. So if you have a Spanish friend, invite them in a couple of weeks. We're going to be having that available. I'm thankful for that. Because God speaks your language. He knows where you're at. And if, and if you put yourself in a place where you are listening, you open your ears, you open your mind, you open your heart for God to speak to you, he'll do it. Now in the, in the Bible, sometimes he'd speak through dreams and visions, right? 
And sometimes he'd speak through an audible voice, this is my son, you know, sometimes that happened. And sometimes he would speak through angels, messengers would come. And once in the Bible, he even spoke through a donkey. I thought about making a joke about that, but then I thought, oh, there's, he's using another donkey, you know, I, so I didn't want to do that. But how many times, have, but usually, usually now, probably none of you have, you know, heard the, the audible voice of God. Probably none of you have encountered an angel that you know of. Probably, probably none of you have heard a talking donkey. We used to have Mr. Ed, but I don't think that counts. No, usually the way God speaks now is in moments like here. How many of you have been in a worship service? Maybe they're being sung, it is well with my soul. And then God snuggled up beside you and said, I'm here with you. Maybe you've gone through a rough week and you don't know where you're even going to get the strength to carry on. And God nudges up beside you and says, man, you're going to make it. How many times have you been in a service like this and, and, and the preacher was preaching and God came to you and tapped you on the shoulder and said, you know what, there's some areas in your life that you need to get straightened out. How many times have you been in a service like this and, and he's come and he's tapped you on the shoulder and he's tapped your spouse on the shoulder and said, you know what, there's some things going on in your house that aren't pleasing to me. See, God uses this time to speak to you, to walk with you, to come into your life and say, listen, there's, there's more to, the, to this old life than what you're going through. How many times have you been in this place or in another church or maybe at a camp meeting and God came and spoke, it's worship. It's opening your heart and opening your mind and allowing God to speak and move. So, so we need to come into this place. Simply say that prayer like little Samuel. Speak, Lord. Your servant, I'm listening. Sometimes it's good to bring, uh, it's good to bring your, a real Bible, not your phone Bible, but a real Bible with paper. The, remember those ones? They, uh, paper, hardcover, sometimes paperback, sometimes leather. And you bring that, and when the preacher is preaching, maybe have a pen, and, if, he, and if, if God points out something, or a preacher points out something you've never seen before, you can circle it or underline it or put a star by it. That's always helpful. We've, last summer, we gave out little Mark journals, if you were here, and we preached through, we marched through Mark all summer long. This summer, we're going to do the same thing. You get a free Bible journal, has a Bible on, passage on one page, and the next page is blank. We're going to go through Romans. We're going to be roaming through Romans this summer. And that's really, really helpful, I think, in your journey. If you want one, you, you, you get one. So, so the beginning of the service, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And maybe bring a paper or a Bible where you can speak. And when we get times of communion, you know, it's not just, just taking a little bit of bread and juice. All right, we do this all the time. No, it's, it's recognizing what Jesus has done in your life. It's recognizing, apart from Jesus, you wouldn't be here. It's, 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 it's like the psalmist when he said, taste and see, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. We're talking about worship and prayer this morning and where God speaks to you. We need this hour. It's kind of like, well, I, uh, in November, I got, I got a new phone because my old phone was, you know, the charge lasted about 17 minutes, I think. And so, 
I was just getting so frustrated with it. And I said, Carla, I got to get a new phone. And you know, phones are expensive. Got to get a new phone. And she said, well, I'm not going to get a new phone yet because I'm frugal. And I said, okay. And this week, just this week, I'm in the living room. She's in the kitchen. Ah, my phone, it just doesn't work. (laughs) I know you need a new one. So I checked, I checked. Apple tells me that this phone will keep a charge for 10 hours and 53 minutes, exactly. And which means, you know, I'm not on it for 10 hours, 50, means I can go, I can go a couple days. But guess what? If I don't, if I don't charge it up after those couple days, it's just an expensive paperweight. It's just like my old phone. It doesn't do anything. It's an expensive, and if you don't charge yourself up, that's what this hour is. It's, it's plugging into the source. And it's getting ourselves charged up. And it's saying, God, I need this time. I need this time. I need to plug in the source just like my phone needs to be charged. I need to be charged. Yes. I think often we just, well, the average, pre-COVID, pre-pre-pre-COVID, the average regular attender, you want to know what it was? And the number was going down. But the average regular person that says, yes, I regularly attend church. The average regular attender attended church 1.7 times a month. Average regular, 1.7 times. Listen, if you're getting charged up 1.7 times a month, so three times in two months, it's not going to cut it. You'll be like an expensive paperweight. Do nothing, feel nothing, accomplish nothing. You need me to recharge from time to time, people ask me, well, Pastor Preacher, if I can't come, you know, how many times? How many times do I need to come? If it's not 1.7, how many times? Give me the number. How many times do I need to come? I don't know that they say it quite in that accent, but... <laughs> you know how many times? You're not going to like the answer. So if you don't like the answer and you want to email me, my email address is G at Central Nazarene. <laughs> you need to come every single week. Every single solitary week. Now, I get it. You online. Online counts. And I get, wow, every week I get sick. Online counts. I go on vacation. Online counts. My kid has has baseball practice at 11 o'clock. You know, my kid's going to make the major leagues. There was a little sarcasm in that. (laughs) You have to make a decision what's a priority in your life. I have a friend, very good friend. His son was an excellent basketball player. If you know that basketball world, if you're going to be highly recruited in the colleges and whatever, you need to play AAU basketball. It's just one of the deals. You have to get on an elite team and play elite basketball against the best high school players. It's not necessarily high school basketball. It's AAU basketball. His kid was good, really good. But they... they, they they weren't going to give up their hour of worship on Sunday morning. And so they told him, you know what? You, no practice, no games on Sunday morning. And so they told the coach, no practice, no games on Sunday morning. And so they went through the season, and he was really good, and they did good. But at the end of the season, the coach came to him and said, listen, if your kid can't play on Sunday mornings, can't practice or play on Sunday mornings, then he can't be on the team. And they said, okay, he won't be on the team. Another family uh, whose kid was on that basketball team came up to him and said, hey, we understand that, that, that you're not going to play on the team because you won't play on Sunday mornings. They, he, they said, that's right. He said, well, our kid, who was really good too, said, we, we're churchgoers too. We want to be in church on Sunday morning too. So if you coach them, if you start your own AAU team, our kid will play with your kid. 
So the guy, he knows basketball. He said, okay, yeah, sure, I'll coach him. Now, in AAU basketball, they're, you know, the elite teams, they are, I mean, they're sponsored, and they all have, you know, expensive shoes and uniforms and matching bags. I mean, it's a big deal. Their team, they got, they got reversible jerseys at Dick's. You know, if they played four games in the weekend, by game four, those jerseys were stinking pretty bad. You know, they just blue tip side, white side, whatever. They was, you know, they looked, they looked like they were just coming from wherever. You know how this story's going to end, don't you? Their team, the team that refused to play on Sunday morning, practice on Sunday morning, none of that, devoted to Jesus. At the end of that year, they went farther than any AAU basketball team in Kansas City. They beat the other team. They went farther in the national competition than any team from Kansas City had ever gone. It's prioritizing worship. It's saying, it's saying this hour is important, that we need it. We desperately need it. When I'm not plugged in, when, I, when, I, when I'm, I'm getting dry in my soul, I need it. I desperately need it. There's a large church that I'm aware of. It's so corny. It's a large church, really large church. And they have name tags for their people. And so, you know, when you come in, there's a spot where you get your name tag, you put it on because it's a large church and everybody wants to know everybody's name. So they have these name tags. And it's a really big deal when a visitor switches from being a visitor to a, a regular attender and they get their own name tag, right? And so they make a big deal. Woohoo, you're no longer a visitor. Woohoo, you get a name tag. Well, then they did. This is just so corny. They decided to grade worship attendance. Online counted. Online, we're glad you're here. Online counted. And if they were like 90% attenders, they got an A and 80% B and so on. And they decided that for the 90 percenters, that they would give them, again, it's so corny, they'd give them like a star, like a, you know, a math teacher would put on your paper in the eighth grade, you know, hooray, you got them all right. They put a star on their name tag. The 90 percenters all had a star on their name tag. And the first year they did it, there was 300 people that had a star on their name tag. And, and after year two, there was 1,000 people that had a star on their name tag. Now again, online counted when they were on vacation or they were sick, they watched online, that counted, that counted, that counted, online counts. But saying we need to prioritize worship, that's the point. That this hour, this hour is desperately important that we need to get together and be together and worship together and sing God's praises together. That that is vitally important every week. That's the goal. We need to be here. We need to prioritize it. All right, let me tell you another Samuel story that I think ties in worship and prayer both. There's a story. Little Samuel grew up, became a great prophet. And in 1 Samuel 7, the people... Had, had walked away from God. And they were thinking that they were empty and that God had abandoned them. Now, God doesn't abandon you. God is, is with you. We walk away from him. God never walks away from us. If you ever think that God's walking away from you, no, 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 we've walked away from him. Well, the people come to Samuel. They say, listen, we're in trouble. We're empty. Uh, uh, plus, the Philistines are attacking. And so this is what Samuel says. First Samuel chapter 7, verse 3. Then Samuel said to all the people, if you're really serious about wanting to return to the Lord, get rid of the foreign gods and your images of Ashtoreth. Determine to obey only the Lord. Then he will rescue you from the Philistines. So the Israelites got rid of the images of Baal and Ashtoreth and worshipped only the Lord. Now, if you are using a paper Bible 
and you had your pen, I would tell you to circle one little word in that paragraph. And that little word that I'd want you to circle is only. Worship only the Lord. You see, what was happening was the people were, you know, trying to make sure all their bases were covered. So they worshiped God Almighty. Sure they did. Worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God Almighty. They worship God. But they also worshiped Baal. You know, the God of their neighbors. The, 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 the God that the, everybody else around them was. The God of their dominant culture. We would never do that, would we? So... He, he tells them, he tells them, worship only, only, only God. We don't talk about this enough. But God is a jealous God. And he refuses to be one of many things in our life. He needs to be the thing in our life. He refuses to be, can I say it this way? He refuses to be a condiment. You know, just add a little bit of Jesus to your life and that'll make everything, you know, a little bit better. I just need a little bit of Jesus along with everything else. No, Jesus won't do that. I went to five guys, um, and, and they have a lot of condiments besides cheese and bacon that you can, and, and mustard and ketchup that they can put on your, on your burger. They have, in fact, I, I wrote them down. They have mayo and lettuce and pickles and tomatoes and onions and grilled onions and grilled mushrooms and relish and jalapeno peppers and green peppers and barbecue sauce and hot sauce and A1 sauce. That's a lot of condiments. I wonder if anyone has ever ordered everything. I want one with everything. I'm going to try that sometime. I just, you know, I don't even know how I could do it. Jesus is saying, listen, I won't be just another add-on in your life. I won't be just another thing that's going on in your life. I need to be your life. God is a jealous God. And that's why we say, okay, we're going to start our week. We're going to start our week with Jesus. We're going to start our week in worship. We're not going to just, you know, uh, put it off or whatever. The beginning of the week, the first day of the week, we're going to start it with Jesus. Samuel told the people, it's got to be only God. Let me read on. Then Samuel told them, gather all of Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah. And in a great ceremony, drew water from a well and poured it out before the Lord. They also went without food all day. They were fasting, last week's sermon, and confessed that they had sinned against the Lord. When the Philistine rulers heard that Israel had gathered at Mizpah, they mobilized their army and advanced. Do you see what's going on? The people started worshiping. They realized, you know, all right, we've got to turn back to God. We've got to go to God. And so they get rid of their idols and they start praying. We're really serious. We're all in. We're fasting. We're really serious. They gathered. They're praying. They're doing all those things, worshiping. This is not good for, you know, I'm in sales, not management. This is not good for sales. They turned to God and guess what? The enemy kept on attacking. It advanced. Here's the truth. Sometimes you, we can turn to God, we can start looking to God, and that does not mean that our enemy is going to say, whoa, hands off them, they're starting to, to turn to God. No, sometimes what happens is they attack, they start to advance. Don't think for a second that Satan does not want to rule your home and ruin your, your life and, and, and see your kids or your grandkids or anyone else uh, be destroyed. That's his goal. And just because you're turning to God does not mean that, that we can just, you know, let off the gas. That's when we need to turn to God all the more. That's what happens here. So the, the Bible reads, the Israelites were badly frightened when they learned that the Philistines were approaching. Don't stop pleading for the Lord our God to save us from the Philistines, they begged Samuel. So Samuel took a young lamb and offered it to the Lord as a whole burnt offering, and he pleaded with the Lord to help Israel, and the Lord answered him. 
Some versions say, and Samuel cried out before the Lord. We're talking about prayer and worship today. When was the last time you cried out to the Lord? Not just some little passing, you know, Jesus help me. When was the last time you cried out before the Lord? Now I understand, it's not like you do this every time. You know, oh Lord bless my macaroni and cheese. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying though, when, when things happen in your life, in your family's life, with your kids or your grandkids, something's going on in your life that you cried out to God. That you said, I'm taking this, Lord, you've got to work. If you don't work, I don't know what's going to happen. If there's not some divine intervention, we got some real problems. I need to cry out. I need to cry out before you. And it's utilizing, sometimes it's utilizing these altars and it's not because you're some deep, dark sinner, but because you've got to cry out before the Lord. There's some junk going on in this situation or that situation. I don't know what to do and I need you to work. And so you've got to cry. You've got to come, Lord. When was the last time you cried out? That's what we're talking about here. The practice on prayer. Let me read on. Just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines arrived to attack Israel. But... The Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day. And the Philistines were thrown into such confusion that the Israelites defeated them. My favorite word in that verse, paragraph, it's a little word again, that. But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day. And the Philistines were thrown into confusion that day. God worked in a powerful way that day was like no other day. That day, God intervened. That day, God heard their cry. That day, God came. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe that day could be today for you. What's going on in your life where you need divine intervention? Maybe today could be that day. We're talking about worship and prayer. You need a daily time of prayer. A daily time when you can just go out and pray. I, I, I read the the corporate prayer, Psalm 95, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. But there's also individual psalms, individual prayers, if you will. Probably the most famous of those is the 23rd Psalm, where, where David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He lie, leads me down, or makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Anybody need your soul refreshed today? He guides me along the right paths for his namesake, even though I walk through the darkest valley. Anybody here? Anybody at home walking through the darkest valley? I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We need, we need that weekly plug-in in worship. We need that daily communion, that daily prayer time with Jesus, that daily moments when we can say, Lord, I need you. My cup is empty and I need you to fill it. This week, one of our folks from our church attended, she's dying. And I got the call that, you know, she doesn't have long to live. 
And so I said, listen, I'll, I'll be right there. And so I went. And I got beside her, and I, I talked to her for a little bit. She was conscious, but, boy, she's, cancer is just throughout. She's only 52 years old. Probably not going to live but more than a couple days. And I talked to her about her relationship with Jesus, and she knew it was good. And then I read scripture. Usually, when, I, when, when I'm in that moment, usually the first passage I turn to is Revelation 21, because they're almost in heaven, and I want to give them, you know, kind of a road map, what to expect. And that's the passage that says, there's no more mourning, there's no more death, there's no more sickness, there's no more pain. And I got right down by her ear. And I read the passage from Psalm 23. Even though I walked through the darkest valley, you are with me. And when this journey is over, I know that I can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, we, we need this weekly gathering. We need that daily walk with Jesus. We need to know that we can go to him. Jesus, you remember Jesus' famous words on, when he was talking, given the Beatitudes. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Anybody need to be filled today? <laughs>